You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Tia McNelly. I'm Jess Biondo. And we are so excited to share our next guest with you. Her name is Katie Reed, and she is an author. She, she does has, a lot of things, She has she? a lot of things <laughs> yes. you will discover. Yes. A podcaster? Yeah. Yep. I have been actually really wanting to know and meet Katie for a long time because she's a fellow Hope writer. Yeah, so um, we're excited for you guys to hear about the concepts in her new book, Made Like Martha. And um, she's going to tell you about a little secret operation she's been working on um, that's kind of fun here at Christmas time too. So here's our interview with Katie Reed. Hi, Katie. Welcome to The Collected Podcast. Hi, guys. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. You are amazing. I know that you were <laughs> facing some like Michigan difficulties today, and you're coming to us from your car, yeah? <laughs> right? That's we, amazing. Our power, our power went out at 2.30 a.m., and it said it wouldn't come on for 13.5 hours, and we are not to that mark yet. So I'm out 0.5. here in the car, in my husband's vehicle, and like... We're just doing this. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, man. Well, we hope you're warm enough, and we do appreciate your dedication. This yeah, is so good. Committed. It is. So I was wondering if you could start out by just sharing a little bit about um, the things that you're involved in right now. Like, what kinds of things do you do on a regular basis? And then how did you know that you were made to do this kind of work? Well, let's see. I, so I'm a firstborn girl, okay. and I'm an Enneagram one. Oh, and boy. so. Yeah, like I'm that typical stereotype, right, of I want to get things done. And so I've always been pretty driven. Like, you know, I knew what I wanted to be, you know, before I went to college, you know, all that kind of stuff. Annoying stuff to some people, right? <laughs> but um, in, I always, I like to write, but I like to do a lot of things. I don't like to get bored, you know? Right. Um, my husband, I have five loud and wonderful kids. So I'm definitely not <laughs> bored just with that. Right. right. Oh my God. But I love to have creative projects. I've always been that way. Like my sister wrote this article for our school paper decades ago about a bucket list before that was kind of all the rage. Oh yeah. And so of course I'm like, I'm making a bucket list. And just to give you a little slice of that, some of the things were like, make a quilt. Haven't done that yet. <laughs> Bake an apple pie from scratch. I've done that. And then there were things like sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Still haven't Whoa. done that. But then there was things like, do you sing? I do sing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, <laughs> we're on the way. Yeah. We were. <laughs> I, but anyway, but then there were things like record an album, which we did that or write a book. Awesome. So all the, you know, like I had some things on there like that. Um, and so in 2014, like I had blogged for, you know, four years, just family stuff. We adopted our fourth child. So it was like free therapy to blog about that. True. But in 2014 on my bucket list, that write a book thing had it happen. I'm like, okay, let's do, let's do that. Right. Well, I had no idea 
how much was involved with that. And I joke with my husband because we're pretty good at communicating, but I really started a career without asking his permission because I didn't know it was going to turn into that when I, you know, said I was going to write a book. I just thought I would write that. I'd check that off the list and I'd move on to, you know, singing at the Super Bowl or something or the apple, the quilt, you know, (laughs) or the apple pie. (laughs) Yeah, I did the apple pie. So, you check. Anyway, but, um, so yeah, so. I had always liked to be creative and I started writing and my husband was like, wow, like you are happier (laughs) because I had this creative outlet. Well, pretty soon I became a workaholic with it. And Mm. I used to be very judgmental about people that were workaholics. You know, I'm like, come on, your family's suffering. Well, sometimes when you work from home or you do something from your home, people don't see, you know, from the outside, that you're workaholic, but I was like writing into the wee hours and getting up early and just not emotionally available for my family. Like I should have been. And so I still have to work on that. Like, I don't like to stop a project halfway through or partway through. And when you write a book, like that's a very long project. Like you need to know when to shut it down, (laughs) right. And revisit (laughs) it. And so I remember praying this prayer and I was like, God, I know I need to get healthier, but I don't know how. Like, and there, well, there were things I did know what to do, but I couldn't do it, which was like true signs of an addict, right? When like, you know the right thing, but you're just not doing it. So I remember going for a run because I was training for a half marathon during this time. Like, do we see a problem, right? Wow. Over- <laughs> Overachiever. I always joke that I have overachiever in Hebrew, like tattoo. I really don't. But anyway, so I was running and I was like, God, I'm really scared to pray this prayer, but will you bring my heart back home? Mm. And, you know, I didn't know what that would take. I mean, surely I needed his discipline because it was not working on my own. And wouldn't you know, my husband and I got away for a little getaway and, oh, pregnant at the age of 38 and so that was God's answer to this prayer like you know when you are pregnant like you this time I didn't feel well so I wanted to be home and it was just this gift of grace God gave me because it reminds me of the prodigal son story right Mm. the prodigal son you know had lived this life you know wayward life came home and the father clothes him you know, with a robe and has this feast for him when he deserved punishment. And I felt like that's what God did with me as well. He's like, how about new life? You know, and it was just this, this grace, you know, and it's it's interesting because our daughter's name means spiritual freedom. And right around that time, God gave me this, just this revelation of grace. And that ended up being a lot of my book made like Martha. And so here I was trying to write this book And this whole time, God wanted to bring my heart home, giving me, I mean, of course, a daughter or family, but also the byproduct was this, you know, be able to speak um, to something that I had walked through, you know, and just this new revelation. That's amazing. Sorry, that's kind of a long story, but No, it's great. Beautiful. (laughs) What's the name that means spiritual freedom? It's um, Lark. Her name's Larkin, and we call her Lark. Oh, I love so. that so much. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that story just really encouraged me because I think we can all get to a place where, where we know that we've, we've gotten ourselves into a hole. Like we dug right. it, we jumped in, and we kept digging. And it's like, Lord, 
I see this. I see that I did this. I know that I probably need to learn how to stop doing this and that there's more, even on a spiritual level that you want to teach me, not even so much practical, but I just, I, I know that I'm going to get what I deserve. You know, that's my thinking yeah. when I get into, and I'm kind of in a place like that right now. And, and the fact that you can just count on there being unconditional grace that we don't have to be afraid of dad, you know, like mm-hmm. he's going to be so mm-hmm. good to us when we come home. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think, I was just going to say, I think part of it is women in this day and age are in this exciting time, right? There's so many opportunities, which is thrilling, but so many of us are trying to be every woman, which Mm. God never asked us to, right? We're trying to, you know, sew the own clothes and grow our food from the garden and write books and, you know, have an Etsy store and all the things. <laughs> and it's like, there's wisdom in, okay, God, what do you have for me? And sometimes, you know, like I have a very full plate, like I do a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I don't want to abandon my post at home for my post online. Mm -hmm. And I think I see that trend, right? Because we're kind of like, oh my goodness, we have all these opportunities. And here's the thing. I'm not going to lie. Like I like getting likes and thumbs up and shares and to write something and it stay nice and neat. Yeah. When I pick up my home, it's going to get messy over and over and over. And I'm not, I'm getting eye rolls, not pats on the back. Right. And so I think there's that temptation to disengage, right, from the things we've been entrusted with because it's hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not as um, affirming sometimes, you know, to raise a human up through the age of 18. You don't always get those pats on the backs and gold stars along the way. But man, how important is that? Wow. So true. Earlier, you mentioned how once you finally rested and, you know, through the process of having your daughter, that's when the book really came together and God gave you the clear message for the book, you know, once the striving stopped. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about what the message of that book is, um, Made Like Martha, kind of the premise behind it? Yeah, well... So there's a story in the Bible from in Luke 10, 38 through 42 of these two sisters. Jesus is friends with them, comes to their home. Mary's listening at Jesus's feet. Martha's busy getting things ready for her company. Well, I totally relate to Martha, right? It's like, we got to do stuff. And she asked Jesus to tell her sister to help her out, basically. And I so wanted Jesus just to say, hey, Mary, get off your duff. Go help your sister, Martha. But that's not <laughs> what he said. But I wanted to look at Martha because I'm like, there's got to be more to her, right? Than just this one instance that we've criticized over the centuries. And so God showed me in John 11, 5, it says, Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, who is their brother. So like, he dispels any of our issues, right? It's like he loved her. And then in John 11 and 12, you know, it talks about his encounter with her. And so I wanted to kind of give this pardon to Martha of like, there is nothing wrong with being a doer, but I think where we get tripped up is in that striving. Like, am I striving for God's love? Am I striving for people to like me? Am I striving to accomplish all these things? Or am I doing those things as a result of 
thankfulness for what he's already done for me. And so it's an invitation to exchange striving for settledness mm-hmm. and panic for peace without compromising your wiring to do and get things done. Mm-hmm. Because for so long, I felt guilty for being wired that way. Yeah. But God showed me, listen, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But you know, we can even sit down within, even when our hands are busy, when we know who God is and who we are in light of him. And so really the other part of it is I was living like a slave to God. Like I've got to do all these things or he's going to be mad. I've got to check off all these things or I'm not worthy. And in Christ, if we have faith in Christ that he died for our sins, rose again, we are worthy because he is worthy, not because we're so good in of ourselves. We're sinful, right? We're fallen apart from him. But when we know how loved we are, that we are daughters, beloved yes. daughters, and then we can serve from that place of peace and a response to his love, not trying to earn his love. And that was a huge shift for me. Yeah. Once again, we want to share how very grateful we are for our sponsor, the Gebhardt Sleep Group of Baird Financial. We are learning so much, so much simple and valuable knowledge from David Gebhardt. Um, He is ready to answer our questions at any moment. And we've even been taking some of yours. So if you have a question for Dave, go ahead and email him. Or you can even email us at hello at collectiveworkshops.com and we can forward that on for you. Mm -hmm. So in this interview, Katie's talking a lot about being a doer, but it's hard to do a lot with your money if you're constantly overanalyzing or trying to control it or not releasing it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to do that more easily means having a plan. Mm -hmm. And like I know as a more controlling person that when I have a plan and I know what steps to take, it's easier for me to release that control and to let God use my resources in whatever way that he sees fit. She also talks about being intentional Mm -hmm. in her interview. And I think that ties into every aspect of our lives. And so being intentional with your finances um, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like where we tithe or how we invest yeah. um, is really important. And it then pours into every other aspect of life. Yeah. So give Dave a call. Absolutely. And we know without a shadow of a doubt that he will be able to speak into your budget, your finances in a way yeah. that will help you to be intentional. Yeah in that aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Give them a call, guys. 704-571-7398. I love that you mentioned the prodigal son because I think he he went home and I think a lot of times there's, I mean, there's fear in that, you know, like I'm sure I would imagine he was hesitant. But when he came home, there was such a response that he couldn't help but just, settle in, you know, like you couldn't help but be embraced. And I think that's how beautiful God's love is for us is when we're able to just settle in and you, you use that word, like being settled. Um, it's powerful when we're able to do that and we're able to just find rest in our identity in the Lord. Um, and I love that you gave, give attention to Martha because I think she gets forgotten a lot. Yeah. In the midst of that right. story. So. 
You have a sister, yeah. Martha, don't you, Michaela? I do. <laughs> Is she a Martha? Martha and Mary, yep. Oh, yeah, you'd have Mary sitting? Mm-hmm. That's yep. right. Yeah. And they were very much uh, Martha and Mary. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. That's great. What are, I um, was, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a sister, Mary, and a sister-in-law, Martha, but they're actually the opposite of their names. Oh, oh funny. my gosh. <laughs> That's great. That's great. What are some other um, projects that you're working on right now that you'd want to share with our listeners? Well, because it's Christmas time, right? Yes. Yes. So I have been working on something for fun, which, like I said, I'm an Enneagram one, but in health, ones lean towards seven, right? Which are the fun ones. Our Michaela's a seven. That's what I am. Woo, that is so fun. So (laughs) I started this summer writing a Christmas rom-com. I love that. (laughs) And I haven't written fiction before. I'm dabbling, but um, I just finished it last Monday and it's about, um, so there's a town in Michigan called Frankenmuth, which is this Bavarian village. And it has the world's largest Christmas store. Like that sounds made up, but that is all true. Oh yeah, I've been there. I mean, that's straight out of a yes. Hallmark movie. Yeah. Come on. It is straight up. And <laughs> yeah. so we visited this summer. I had been there years and years ago, but my husband, who's like from this area, had never been. My kids had never been. And I, when I was there, I'm like, surely someone has written, you know, a movie or a book about this place. Like it's just... Hallmark-esque. And so I got home and I started writing this book of this 30-something that, you know, tried to do this um, community art space in the city and it didn't work out. She has to come home and use her art degree by painting ornaments and she's very (laughs) angsty about Christmas. And so anyway, it's called A Very Bavarian Christmas. And um Anyway, my hope and prayer is that it will be published and maybe come out by next year. But I would love for it to be a movie. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes, Hallmark. It is May. Hallmark. I mean, like, it's screaming Hallmark for yeah. sure. Right? Hallmark, if you're listening, I feel like That's I have a Hallmark right. person in my contacts. So I'm going to have to work this out. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. And I love that you're just doing something for fun. Mm. You know? Oh, it's been so good for my soul. You know, I had yeah. some disappointments in my work life this fall. And it was like, whoa, what is happening? I don't like the limbo waiting stage. I mean, I don't know many people Preach. that do, mm-hmm. but it, God was, has really been working on my heart of just like, you know, where like working on some idols I had and just like, you know, where are you putting your hope? And mm-hmm. so to do something just that was light and fun was just so good for my soul and just to have open hands. Like I have hopes and dreams for this for sure, but like, God, what do you want to do, you know, with this? And so I'm spiral bounding a couple of them for Christmas gifts and some people ordered some. And so it's like, you know, we're just going to see how it plays out. That's That's so great. great. Do you have a signature ornament to go with it? Well, I'm going to, right? (laughs) I mean, yes. Jess can hand letter this. I gotta work. I gotta work the Bronner's angle. I haven't pitched this to them yet, but so you guys can pray about that. Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh, we will. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just circle back for just a second. Uh, You mentioned you went through a season of disappointment, and I know around this Christmas season. There's so much joy, so much togetherness, but there can also be a lot of disappointment for people. 
if someone is struggling through some disappointment right now, what kind of word of encouragement or wisdom would you have for them? Well, I think, first of all, it's okay to feel that, right? I think mm, sometimes yeah. when we're this festive season, we're like, what is wrong with my soul? You know, like if I'm sad or that kind of thing. So I think to acknowledge it, we had, um, we adopted our fourth child, but we had a failed adoption attempt once it happened like in November. And so that Christmas was awful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I remember my sister-in-law had made me this baby blanket and I opened it on Christmas and she knew, I mean, it hadn't worked out, but she, it was kind of like a by faith, like this is going to happen. And I remember opening it in front of my husband's extended family and just like, oh, here comes the ugly cry and I can do nothing to stop it. Mm -hmm. But it was just so validating. So I think even if you know someone that's experiencing disappointment and grief to acknowledge that, like, this is probably really hard for you. And I'm sorry, like Mm -hmm. to see their grief. But if you're the one grieving too, we had, um, my friend, I host a podcast called the Martha and Mary show. And we had a guest on who has been widowed twice Mm. and it was in four years time and like crazy story. But she was talking about for her, what really helped was to make some new traditions to not necessarily do the things they had done when their loved one was around. But what they did is they painted a Christmas tree on the wall. (laughs) And instead of buying one, like they just did something totally different and they got Uh Chinese food and they just created some new memories Mm -hmm. because sometimes I think we can rehearse our grief over and over and that can get us stuck. Mm. But to do something out of the ordinary, you know, maybe, you know, you go, I don't know if you can afford it, go to a hotel, you know, instead of being at home that day, if that's a trigger. And one time, this might not be popular, but I remember when we were having all these adoption disappointments, our family did Christmas on December 18th because we just needed, you know, that song, we need a little Christmas right this wow. very minute. Wow. We needed That's that. And like, I, I think some people judged it, but you know, it's like, it didn't matter. We just needed some fun. And then I think we slept in, you know, on Christmas <laughs> morning. That's so good. But yeah. I think No one has to be the boss of you with Christmas, you know, and it's like what what works for you and your loved ones. And also, I think we can get so bogged down with I've got to do all these traditions. I've got to do check off all these things off my list. And our family keeps Christmas pretty simple because otherwise I feel like it takes the joy out of it. Like if we don't have time to sit and stare at the tree. Yep. (laughs) It is too busy, right? Yeah. And so that's exactly how our yourself- family operates too. I feel you. We keep it very simple. Yeah. It's a choice. Because you don't, yeah. And it goes by so fast anyway that it's like, it's good to linger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was good. I Somebody needed to hear that, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I don't know. Something as you were talking, I started to feel very choked up and emotional and- not really sure why, but I think something about that, there's just freedom in, like, you don't have to do it because you've always done it, or it doesn't have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't know. And I'm not, like, grieving right now. Well, your family's (laughs) in a different place, though. That is true. And we don't celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, because we're not all together. Yeah. You know, so this year we're celebrating it on the 27th. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just, you make it work. Yeah. And we celebrate Jesus all year long anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I just appreciate um, you, you know, sharing about even like 
I, I kept thinking the grace that we can give ourselves in the midst of something that's really hard to um, to just be where we're at. And, you know, like you said, when you started talking about um, disappointment and how it's okay to feel bad, <laughs> you know, like what you do with that is is important, but it's okay. Yeah. And I just think sometimes we just, all we, it's hard sometimes to give ourselves grace to feel that, but it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Yeah. And I think in our American culture, we try to rush grief, right? Yep. Because it makes us uncomfortable. And I remember uh, my husband and I were interviewing Ryan Dapson and he, he had, was talking about going to counseling and how he had had all these crazy things happen to him. And he told his counselor about it. And she's like, wow, like, of course you feel sad. These are really sad things. And there was something about, it was just this pivotal moment in my life. I'm like, how many times do I try to rush through something, try to make myself better, you know? And then it's like, but wait a minute, what happened was really sad. And it's actually emotionally healthy for me to stop and Mm -hmm. feel sad about that. Because I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but a lot of times I'll kind of shove the grief and try to like, you know, I'm a survivor and just keep going. (laughs) It doesn't work. And then it's like all of a sudden that grief, it's still there and it oozes out in Mm. other ways. But had I stopped and really dealt with it, I'd be in a healthier place down the road. Not that you're not going to, of course, I mean, grief, you know, it doesn't just have an end date. Right. But I think so many times we just like to realize like, wow, that was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. It is healthy to feel sad about that. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Well, so speaking of being healthy, um, pivot just a little bit here. (laughs) Um, so what are you going to ask? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I think it's good for us to kind of think about when we're when we're saying yes to God, and we're looking at not going after everything, and we're you know being mindful of not being overachievers or workaholics. You know, we're wondering what are what are things that you had to release so that you could keep saying yes to God. What were the no's in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you get to the point of being able to say no in order to give your best yes to God? Saying yes to God is what we're about at Collected. Yeah. Well, here's, I'll I'll get to that, but I want to give just three quick things. Three powerful words we all know but don't use well, right, is yes, no, and help. So mm. we want to say yes to God's assignments, right? We want to be obedient. We want to say yes to Him. And sometimes that means yes to taking out the trash, right? I'm not saying we're going to avoid that, but, you know, there's big yeses and small yeses, but we want to say yes to him. But we want to say no to guilt and manipulation. And there's so many times I have said yes, just because I thought I should do something, right? These weren't things God was asking me to do. This was like, well, you bake 200 cupcakes for your kid's school party, right? (laughs) That I did not feel convicted to, but, you know, maybe I said yes because I wanted to look good, you know, or whatever. So we want to say no to those things Mm -hmm. that we're just adding that extra weight that maybe God has never even asked us to do. And then the last one is, which is hard, I think, especially for me, is to say help, right? Mm -hmm. Because delegation is not weak. It's actually wise. And if we are trying to do everything for everyone, you know, why would they need a savior? My friend, Jamie Amory talks about that in her book, Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. She said, if we give our kids a warm chocolate chip cooking, a bandaid for everything, why would they ever think they need Jesus? And so it's like, (laughs) isn't that good? That's funny. Oh, that's good. (laughs) 
But just that we want to say help when we need help. And Mm -hmm. so if we're in a busy season with work to communicate with our people, right. Of like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I've got this deadline. I, could you guys help cook or, you know, can we figure out some, something with meals? Because that's that's probably not something I'm going to be able to do well. Um, But for me with writing this, rom-com especially like I did the NaNoWriMo do you guys know what that is National Novel Writing Month yeah oh that's a lot it's a lot you write most of the book in one month and so it was crazy but I had to say no to a lot of things to be able to get that done and one of those was I wasn't on social media very much Mm -hmm. because it was like if I'm gonna get this done like I cannot be looking at Betty Jo Cousins wedding right in (laughs) Hawaii like (laughs) Sounds great, though. It does sound great, right? Um, But we need, like, and I had to stop kind of looking at what everyone was doing, like my colleagues. Because Mm. have you ever noticed, my sister and I talk about this a lot, all of a sudden someone will come out with a new product or a new book or a new fabulous thing. And you're like, how did they do that? Yeah. Well, they've been saying no to a lot of other things. You know, they're Mm. probably not doing all the things they always do. And some of us feel like we're missing out because we're constantly surveying what everyone is doing that we're not like putting our hand to the plow and getting it done. Mm. And so um, I just think comparison can get me all the time, right? And so it's like, just like, what is my goal? I think Kat Lee talked about this at the Declare conference. Sorry for whoever's doing the show notes. (laughs) I know (laughs) you've got a lot of good stuff. It's great. But um, she talked about a power hour and I am still not great at this, but basically you just set your timer for an hour and you focus on one thing, which I don't know about you guys, but I'm the kind that has like eight tabs open on the computer oh, at yeah. a time, yep, but yep. to focus on one task. Now, if you get that task done before the hour, great, move on to the next thing, not the next 10 things. And so I think that's just a way of like, all right, I'm going to focus on a singular thing until I get it done. Now, of course, you know, you could get interrupted and that kind of thing, but really you have more momentum when you're not trying to do so many things at once. That's so good. So that was an amazing practical, like practical way for our listeners to just hone in Mm -hmm. on the things that are right before them. Do you have any other resources, like practical resources for our listeners? Well, a couple come to mind. So this book has been out for a while, but it's called um, God-Sized Dream or You're Made for a God-Sized Dream by Holly Girth. Love that. And I highly recommend that book. I mean, I remember reading it and going, how does she know this is how I'm feeling? It's a great, <laughs> it's a great book. And then also, um, if you're a writer... Um, T and I are part of Hope Writers and they have what's called Tuesday Teachers. And I've learned a lot, mm-hmm. um, oh my you know, goodness. from them as well. But the other thing is, and I can share the link with you guys, but I have something called the All Done Calendar. And for me as a Martha, I'm always looking at, you know, I'll make a, li- a to-do list of 25 things, right? And do I ever get those 25 things done in one day? No. So I developed this thing called the all done calendar. It's just a really simple thing where you at the end of the day, or you could do it the next day, you just write down a few things that you actually got done. So you're not putting things to do. You're looking back at the day and be like, Hey, I cleaned half the bathroom. I'm writing that down. Or <laughs> oh, that's I, great. 
or I sent out an email to my subscribers. I did that. I'm writing that down. And so then all of a sudden, instead of fixating on all that's left to do, you're celebrating what's already been done. So at the end of the month, you can look back on all these things you've written down and feel really good about that. Katie, that that. was designed for this three. (laughs) This Enneagram (laughs) three needs the all done calendar. I'm going after that. That's great. Well, it just flips the script, right? Instead of always feeling behind, it's like, whoa, look at all this. And then if you did it every month, you'd have 12 of these sheets where you could be like, thank you, God, for helping me accomplish these things. Mm. And of course, there's always going to be more to do, right? But I think so many times we just rush to the next thing instead of looking back, taking a deep breath and saying, wow, Mm -hmm. thank you, God. That's so good. Katie, this has been amazing. And before we let you go, do you have a final word of encouragement for our listeners? This episode is actually dropping on December 26th. Um, A little behind the scenes for our listeners. We're recording this before Christmas. We are not actually (laughs) recording the day after Christmas. We're with our families. Um, But as they head into the new year, um, what encouragement or wisdom or anything do you have for them? Well, I'm picturing, so December 26th, I'm probably feeling like ready to tackle something else because I'm just weird like that. (laughs) Nope, I get it. (laughs) But I think I've done the one word, um, like New Year's resolution thing for several years. And what I love about that, you, you know, pray, ask God to give you one word to focus on for that year. And to me, that's like somewhat attainable, right? To remember one thing of just to have that focus. Um, Two years ago or three years ago, my word was daughter. And that was the time I wrote the book and God just taught me about what daughter means. Now for full disclosure, there's sometimes I've forgotten what my word was (laughs) and not done anything with it. But to me, like as like God has great things he wants to do in, through and around you. And I think so many women I mean, we can make so many excuses to not do the thing God is asking us to do, right? But I do this, um, I I know I have this other name called Inspiration Doula, and I do this coaching, and I love to help people take the next step toward their God-given dream, yes. their God-given purpose, because the world needs your words, your product, your kindness, your friendship, whatever that is for you. Like the enemy of our souls wants us not to offer our thing, right? But just real quickly, I want to just paint this picture. So let's all pretend we're in a desert and there's a long line of people, like as far as I can see, and they're all waiting at this well and they're there to get water. And so they're waiting and you have, you're there kind of apart from the crowd. You have like this stock pot or like the soup pot of cold water and a ladle. Your job is to go up to the people in line and offer your water. Now, some of them might ignore you. Some might say, oh, no, thanks. I'm waiting for this well. But your job is just to offer the water. What they do with that is up to them. But I think at the end of time, we're all going to be held accountable for, did we offer the water God had given us to Mm. others to refresh them? Mm. And so it's not to make you feel guilty, but it's like you have something other people need. And we don't want to be selfish with that, right? We want to offer it because it can make all the difference in someone's life. That is so great. (laughs) Massively encouraging for Mm -hmm. me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So wise. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. We um, will link to, or sorry, Jacob, can you cut that out? <laughs> um, 
Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we let you go, can you tell us where people can find you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. You guys are great, and you are definitely offering your water to people. So thank you for doing that with the podcast. Thank you. Um, Yeah, people can find me at katiemreed.com, and Reed is R-E-I-D. So katiemreed.com, and I'm on Instagram. I'm katie underscore m underscore Reed, or you can look up katiemreed on Facebook. My husband and I do a live um, marriage show called Stop Hammock Time on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. and. It's quirky and funny, and we often talk about what we call hashtag it, so just giving you a warning about that. But, um, yeah, katiemreed.com is probably the best place, and there's all sorts of things there, and love to encourage people, and um, if there's any way I can encourage your audience more, just have them reach out, and just thankful for you guys. This has been lots of fun. Oh, thank Thank you, Katie. We will link to all of that in our show notes, and we hope you have a happy new year. You guys too. Thanks so much. I loved everything Katie had to say about dealing with disappointment or grief during the holidays. Yeah. Um, I think there was such power in that truth of like allowing yourself to feel how you feel and not having to do things the way you used to. Um, I know it's after Christmas now, um, but still even headed into the new year and thinking about what is to come you know, next year. And I think those principles can be carried out in any season we're in. Oh, absolutely. Like this next year doesn't have to look how the past year looked. You That's know, right. it's, it's something new and fresh in front of us. And that can be exciting. That can be scary. Um, but it's okay to feel however you're feeling about yeah. what, what is ahead of us. She said something that um, this just happens sometimes when our guests are speaking where we feel like that was that was powerful and that was for someone who's listening to this. She said that God has great things he wants to do in, through, and around you. Mm-hmm. And listeners, each one of you take that in. But I think there are some that really needed to hear that God is is doing and wants to do great things in, through, and around you in the coming year. So press into that. Ask him what that means. Ask him what that looks like. And let us know how we can pray for you in that. Mm-hmm. You can always email us at hello at collectedworkshops.com. And Katie mentioned how she has a word for every year. And if you want to try that and seek the Lord for your word, we have an amazing resource that Tia created um, on the Patreon site. And so if you become a patron and support us for any amount a month, um, you can get access to this resource that will walk you through this incredible process um, to help you hear from the Lord about what is to come for the next year. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really powerful resource that's only available to our patrons because we love them so much. Yes, uh, we love all of our listeners. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the truth is we can't do this without financial support. Yeah. Having a podcast actually costs money, which is something that I don't know that people realize. And so when we have folks like you that come around us and say, we agree with what God is doing through you, and we're going to put our money on that, mm-hmm. that means everything to mm-hmm. us. That is fuel for our fire to know that there are people who are willing to give us actual dollar bills yes, <laughs> yes. in support of what we're doing. So we thank you and we appreciate you. And just to be clear, we love all of our listeners equally. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We, we just give a few extra resources to those who pay us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love what Katie said, that, you know, yeah. we're, we're putting our ladle of water out there. Yeah. 
We're putting it out there and we're so grateful that it's serving you, that it's quenching your thirst. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe it's even letting you realize that you want more. So be sure to check out the show notes and go and click those links. Find the people that we talk about. Dig in. Yeah. We just want you to know that uh, as we close out this year of 2019, that we're praying for you and yeah. we're believing God's very best for you in this um, new year of 2020. So happy new year to you. Yeah. See you next year. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive content, Tests and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at the Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Alon.